Hello and welcome to another episode of the Project Purple podcast. I'm Dino Varelli, founder and CEO of Project Purple, and today we're sitting down with two special guests, uh, Dr. Stephanie Soat. Soalt. So we're sitting here with Dr. Stephanie Soalt. Did I say that right? <laughs> Soalt. Okay. And her close friend, but also a friend of Project Purple that goes back quite a few years, uh, Sherry Goldstein. Mm-hmm. So thank you, ladies, for coming into the Project Purple uh, studio. We're excited to have both you guys. And it's kind of a, a surprise to have Sherry here with us, which is awesome. But her and Stephanie uh, have become very good friends and close friends. Um, through, unfortunately, this thing that we call pancreatic cancer. So for our audience at home, Sherry, uh, share with them, um, you know, your experience with pancreatic cancer. Well, I have first-hand experience. My husband, Jeff, died of pancreatic pancreatic cancer five years ago exactly. It's been five years. Five years. He died um, June 13, 2013. That's why 13 comes up. And he died day after his birthday, and we buried him on Father's Day. So it was pretty – and that was when I met Stephanie, actually. So um, that's how we kind of met our connection. So you guys have known each other for five years. Exactly and... five years. Really. Wow. <laughs> I can't believe that. Yeah. That, right? It's five years. Yeah. So it's been five years, and a lot has changed in five years. But during the his battle with pancreatic cancer, which is exactly, I think it was, a, he was, say, I think it was 16 months. Yeah. A minute longer. He, he, was a, he lasted a long time. He went away to my son, graduated college, and then that was it. But um, he, we used Project Purple during that time to learn more about Project Purple and to learn about pancreatic cancer. Yeah, and Jeff was one of our recipients. I believe we offered some aid and got you guys down to, I think, Columbia for a consultation at right. the time. So I remember early on, I mean, that was kind of in the infancy of our program of exactly. patient aid. Just thinking back here, wow, it's been five years. Yeah, pretty... so he, was, so he um, got di- diagnosed in October made it a whole year and a half. But during that time, we had used you to find doctors that were yeah. able to fight project, you know, to fight pancreatic cancer because at that point, it wasn't really popular. No. What was, well. what was really interesting, so I had finished naturopathic school, was waiting, I had to wait till February to take my board. So I used to teach where Sherry teaches now, and I was subbing there. And we became really fast friends. I did a lot with her kids. And basically, um, she, even through everything, she always showed up to work. And near the end with Jeff, actually, it was, I remember that day, he he passed. I was sitting at the table with her girls who just adored her. And they kind of knew something was up. And I texted Sherry and I said, is it okay to share? And... Oh, my gosh, there was not a dry eye there, definitely. I mean, and they cared so much for her. And and I know how difficult it was for you because you couldn't. You basically just got insurance right before Jeff was diagnosed. Mm -hmm. New job. You needed your job. And, And I know you would work all day was very demanding, and then you would go home, and you just didn't know whether it would be a, a good right. day or, or not a good day. And so you become, your lifestyle becomes, you go to work, it's at your job, you come home, and you never know where he was going to be. He wasn't going to be home, or was going to be in the hospital. Mm-hmm. You know, you just didn't know. So we were hoping that, you know, he's home. But that became very nerve-wracking, like, because we'd say, don't go up the steps. How'd you get upstairs? 
I don't know, I just came up, don't go up the stairs, no one's in the house. So it was that kind of thing. And luckily for us, my son was a paramedic at the time. So he really saved his life many times. So he would be able to pick him up. And I said, oh, do you want to go for a ride with Jamie? Like, you're going to put me that ambulance, aren't you? No, no, it's a special, special, <laughs> special car. You're like, no, I know this is a trick, yeah. you know, kind of thing. But he would take off his mask and not be using the oxygen. And there were things I never thought about. We, we had a couple, I think it was Sandy, that hurricane storm. Yeah. James was like, what are you doing about no power? I don't know. We've survived for years without power. Goes, no, Dad needs power. For what? For the oxygen. The, for the oxygen. It's like, yeah. oh, I didn't think about that. You know, because I, I wasn't thinking about you need power for oxygen because he had this big machine that gave him air. Yeah. And he stocked me up with tons of canisters. The guy came in the middle of the night with more oxygen. It's like, who thinks about that stuff? And I was like, oxygen? I need oxygen? And the guy ding-dong and a whole bunch of canisters came, which we did need for when power was out. Power was out. And then we needed a place to stay because I got cold in the house. And we survived for years in the house through power outages, but he was really cold. Yeah. So we needed to find a warm place to go. And so there's all those kind of things you just don't think about. So that was really helpful. So I was able to share with Stephanie when she was going through, like, you know, the end of life kind of thing, like, this is kind of the next step. She's like, oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I'm like, oh, don't worry about that. Don't yeah. worry about that. There's yeah. other things to worry about. She's like, well, where is she going to live? Oh, don't worry about that. You know, like, but you just don't know what's ahead of you until you go through it. Go through it, yeah. And it's, it's a scary way to go through it. Well, there's no... Um book, right? There's no, and I think the one thing that this disease has taught us all, unfortunately, is that every every situation is different it is to different. some degree, right? And so it's important, I think, to, to lean on people and to have those experiences. But it's hard for me to say how my experience was with my dad, with you and Jeff, and with Stephanie and her mom, right. you know, because they're all so complex and so different. With you know, many layers. So many layers. Um which is special in a way, mm-hmm. but it's also very frustrating in, in, a, in a way as well because there's no consistency, um, and it's hard. That's a mental roller coaster, not a physical. I mean, it is physical, right? Because of the that that becomes physically draining, right. you know, being able to go through that mentally. But it becomes really a mental roller coaster. And um, what was really interesting because it really wound up in Jeff's lungs, and he had lots of lung issues, mm-hmm. and um, even when my mom metastasized to her lungs. I mean, she passed earlier on than than having the lung issues. So it was just so different. But But your mother had a really different experience because she tried chemo only once and said she's not doing that. Yeah. And I understand that because we did the chemo thing. And you were able to give her a nice quality of life by giving her those little magic Drinks or whatever you came up with. <laughs> Elixirs. So, so on that note, though, so Stephanie, tell us a little bit about you know your experience with your mom, and you know, and and you know, uh, Sherry's mentioning how you know that uh, that leaning, as we'll call it, you know, leaning on someone mm-hmm. who's gone through it. Mm-hmm. So, why don't you share with our audience mm-hmm. at home, you know, your experience with it? And- so basically, um, my mom. Always had IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, stomach issues, um, and we were working very closely with her GI doctor. She had SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. We changed her diet, and she started to do better, but if anything, the same symptoms would have gotten worse, but she had brand new symptoms. Sudden onset, brand new symptoms pain around her abdomen radiating up her back. She never had that before. 
the thing about pancreatic cancer, I mean, you know, if I had that, I'd be like, oh, my gosh, I worked out too much or something. It's just so vague. Um, so my mom immediately, immediately called her doctor and said, I need to get in. And that's huge. And for me as a naturopathic doctor, that's huge. When there's a sudden onset in new symptoms, a change, and I have so many patients that, you know, they don't want to go in. They don't want to, they're like, oh, I can deal with it. I don't want to bother my doctor. I don't want to be a pain. And better safe than sorry. So my mom really, she called the the receptionist. She said, I need to get in right away. And she got in and she had lost some weight because of the change in diet, but more weight than she should have. And with the symptoms, the doctor, it was March 16th on a Thursday, the doctor ordered some labs and CAT scan the next day, March 17th. And the CAT scan showed cysts, something cyst and maybe something nodular, wasn't quite sure. The GI doctor called me from his cell phone, gave me his cell phone number. I was at work, called me at night. Um, wow, that weekend <laughs> was something else because we really didn't know. And basically, we had a one month of feeling more positive. You felt really hopeful. Yeah, because basically what the technician saw was a cyst, mucinous cyst. And that's something we went to the surgeon that hopefully, wow, we are, we're in the 5%, you know, <laughs> Finally, I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't care about the 1% anymore now. We're in the 5%. Yeah. And I'm like, we've never been lucky. So I was like, wow. And then we realized that we weren't. Um, she was stage 3B. The unfortunate part was that there was a nodule. But because it was so close to the abdominal aorta, which is major, major vasculature, mm -hmm. it couldn't be surgically removed. Even doing the biopsy, they weren't sure, you know, if they'd be able to do the biopsy. So it came up. It was stage 3B, and that that was huge, just where it was. You were excited about not being a four. Yeah, <laughs> until we found out that. You the know, things there was you, no you wish for, right? Yeah. Like a three is better than a four. Right, because she, she would call me, what stage is this at four? She goes, oh, we're not a four. And so like, she had that feeling of hope. Hope, you know? yeah. Yeah, you just hang on to whatever you can. And so my mom was just um, in a lot of pain, really uncomfortable. Um, so she really, even before... She was diagnosed for years and years and years and years. She's like, I'm never doing, if I have cancer, I'm never doing chemo. So she did it. She tried once. She's a she, funny lady. Yeah. She <laughs> she had so much spirit. And it was May 10th, combination of Gemzar and Abraxane, mm -hmm. and it did her in. And, and she was in so much pain. She... From one treatment, she wound up losing a lot of her hair, and she had this huge rash. And basically, most people don't have that for several treatments. So May 13th, we went to see the acupuncturist. She was out of pain. May 14th, we did <laughs> what you were talking about with the drink. Um, homeopathy, a plussing method by Dr. Ramakrishnan, Krishnan, I think, um, 
and using homeopathy and doing a dilution. It's a, a special method he formulated for cancer. I worked with a fellow naturopath, and we found the remedy that just really fit with her. And for our audience, let me just step in there, Stephanie. So for our audience at home, homeopathy is the study of looking at... It's basically like cures like. It's mm-hmm. using a small minute, minute um, dose of a substance that in a large dose would cause symptoms mm-hmm. in a healthy person. Mm-hmm. For example, roost tox, poison ivy. So in a healthy person, you rub it all over them, they get poison, poison ivy. ivy. Yeah. You come in, you have poison ivy, and I give you the homeopathy, which is a dilution upon a dilution, so it's really more of an energetic. Mm-hmm. And then it helps you with the poison ivy. And that's more of an acute. And basically, the ones we work with with my mom, it, it was her whole picture of her symptoms from the pancreatic cancer plus also other symptoms that weren't related to the pancreatic cancer as well. Two and a half months, she was symptom-free. She didn't even have symptoms from the IBS. Hmm. She was working out with her friend. You know, they had Playing a... Mahjong tennis, so that was a celebration. Yeah, so <laughs> it was just amazing. She had never felt better. And, of course, it's pancreatic cancer, so... She started getting worse. We tried medical marijuana, which works for so many people. It didn't work yeah. for her. So she went back on the um, the opiates. Were you using the medical marijuana for pain management? Or, yes. Okay. Yes. And also it's... it's appetite. Has, yeah, appetite. And, and that was even a challenge you to get it. All the forms you had to fill out to even get it took you forever. Well, actually, we lucked out because, yeah, at that point, it was taking six weeks to get the card. But he, the doctor expedited it because obviously she had pancreatic cancer. Yeah. You know, (laughs) six Six weeks weeks is a long time. Right. And we got a temporary card right away. But yeah, I mean, if it weren't for that, you know, now I think it's back down to three weeks or something. To get a card. Yeah. Yeah, It it depends. They're, They're just, they get so backed up. And. I learned so much about it. I mean, it was amazing. It just didn't work for her, but I know it works for a lot of people. And so eventually she was getting worse, and she was ready to go. So, yeah, you're right. It's different with Jeff. I mean, Jeff was definitely younger. My mom was 82, so for her it was about quality of life. You know, I'm grown already. I know you said that he was really, really hanging on. His big things was seeing your son graduate and then going to his reunion. I remember that? Yeah. So it was so it was really different, different points in in life and and where things are. Yeah, I think it, for everyone, like I said, it's, I, different. I, it's, it's different. It's, it's so different mm-hmm. and it's so complex. And that's I think one of the most frustrating things. Right. You know, and and the disease is so complex. And I know from countless conversations with so many families, the cocktails affect everyone so differently. Yeah. You know, we we were just talking to someone the other day who was on that same cocktail and they were doing really well. Yeah. You know, so it's just really fascinating to me. And I think this is where we take a step back and you look at the disease. We just don't know enough about the disease. As much as we do know, which is 
a lot. And there's some really, really bright, super intelligent people on this earth that are trying to crack this thing. We just don't know enough, you know which what is I was, frustrating. What was interesting, so um, in terms of I'm definitely going to follow up and do some genetic testing. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the BRCA1 and 2 are involved, but what's interesting with the KR, KRAS, yeah. <laughs> I always want to say KRAS, yeah. the KRAS gene, I was reading up on it, and in, there's definitely something to it, but they're also thinking maybe there's something upstream from it as well. So looking at that, they're like, okay, if there are upstream factors, let's look at preventative, mm-hmm. you know, obviously diet and lifestyle, but then you have to take a look at two, it's it's a gene mutation. So you don't want to get to the point where someone has a, you know, blaming, like someone's like, oh, maybe if I did this, if I ate better, if I did this better, it wouldn't have happened. Sometimes you could be doing all the right things and it can still happen. But it's really interesting um, what they're, the research they're doing. Yeah. And I think with, so KRAS is in, everyone has KRAS. We all have KRAS. KRAS is found in everyone. Mm -hmm. What, what makes it mutate is the bigger question. And that is, you know, for 75% of pancreatic cancer cases, it's a KRAS mutation. So it's the predominant mutation that occurs in the person's body, but why? Exactly. And so I think with a lot of other diseases, and I don't think we're there yet, um, but there's been a lot of talk, which you just said, which is, you know, maintenance prior to. Like, what are the things you can do? And clearly we know, like, smoking cigarettes lead right. to cancer. Um, and, you know, eating a healthy diet and meditating and doing all these things do help. But then there's always that X factor. And I've heard it a lot of times with other diseases like lung cancer. I met an individual his sister-in-law passed away from lung cancer. She was 28 years old. She never smoked a day in her life. No one in her family ever smoked. And she was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. Mm -hmm. Well, why? You know, why does that happen? You know, typically it's lung cancer's, you know, a direct impact of cigarettes and, Mm -hmm. you know, ingesting Yeah, because sometimes I think there's something about that with a certain deficiency in a surfactant or something that predisposes. And and that's just, that's random too. Yeah, totally random, right? So I think we have to, uh, again, it being so complex, we need to understand and learn more about the Mm -hmm. disease. And that's what groups like us are trying to do. And and hopefully we all kind of play a part Mm -hmm. in our own personal experiences as well. What I find is that people are very aware of pesticides and outside toxins, but people don't realize that processed and refined foods are toxins in our body. Our, Our body does not recognize all these preservatives, all these crazy <laughs> concoctions yeah. that don't occur in nature that they're putting in our food. So they're stored in the fat cells in our bodies, these toxins, and it just it wreaks havoc on our body. It creates a toxic burden. And even things like Teflon, the the plastic bottles, even BPA, they're mm-hmm. not like 100%, you know, great or anything. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, people leaving the water bottles and hot cars, I mean, they're endocrine disruptors, and there's just so many things going on with that that it's really important. Water intake is really important. The food, eating as clean as possible, as few as ingredients, shopping the perimeter of the supermarket. I mean, most of the processed crazy (laughs) stuff is in the middle. Yeah. And 
it, it's just really, really important to, to be more conscious be, yeah. of it, right? I and mean, stress. Stress is inflammatory. Yeah. Well, all infl- well, you think about any inflammation, which can be from diet, from yeah. social, from um, you know work. Mm-hmm. You know, that's I guess social we would say, yeah. but you know, it's all. Um, really fascinating how that affects the body. And I think the one thing, as we learn more, um, you know, I think hopefully these things become more and more mainstream. I think that's just the one challenge that we have. You know, I I thought like Amazon buying Whole Foods was going to be a really good thing where they would drive the, because, you know, Whole Foods, not the item, you know, the supermarket, you know, not just Whole Foods, but, um, I had this conversation with a nutritionist, um, scientist from Georgetown. And she consults with uh, patients who are going through cancer. And I said to her, I said, okay, you know, and and her speech was about like whole foods, not the supermarket, but Mm -hmm. whole foods is so important, you know, nutritionally. And I said, okay, but someone who's battling cancer who can't work doesn't have the ability to maybe or doesn't have the access to whole foods. So what do you recommend? And they don't have the appetite either. Correct. At that point, we're just like, you know, eat anything. Eat anything, mm-hmm. right? So no, it's caloric. It becomes more of the caloric. Because you've lost all its taste. Yeah. Certain things taste yeah. funny. Exactly. And before that, he had lost, like, a ton of weight, you know, not having white sugar and not having white flour. Yeah. And then he's, like, down to bones. So you got to like, give eat, him calories. Eat something. Yeah. Pizza, you know, whatever. Like, what, what do you like? You know, yeah. we're running around like, what can we need you? Yeah. And that's a hard one. So in the beginning, yeah, you avoid sugar because, glu- you know, cancer feeds off, off of, of sugar, glucose. sugar, yeah. Um, but and sugars know, in everything. So yeah, how do you eliminate it's it? Everywhere. You know, it's everywhere. It's at everywhere. At the end, it became the point where like let he, her yeah, have what she, she wants. wants. You know, she wants yeah. ice cream. Now, like, eat it. You know, just eat anything. But you don't have any taste at the point. I know. Yeah, she was like, now that I can eat anything, and I, I think preventative maintenance. That's as we what go it back is. to, like, you know, if you can, and I, I guess you have to have the mindset that hey, you may still get it. And there's some X factor that we're not aware of, but mm-hmm. the things that you can control, you know, you control. Right. You eat well, eat whole foods, and have, uh, you know, time to meditate and to exercise and to do all the right things. And going back to what I was saying, you know, with this, I think it's really hard in this day and age of this country we're in where everyone is on the go. There's so much pressure, whether it's social media or the media. And I think it's hard um, that, you know, foods are the way they are right now. So I travel this year. I've already been on 12 trips. Um, So we're halfway through the year and I've been on 12 trips. And it is a challenge when I'm in the airport, you know, even to get nuts. Now everything's roasted and salted. I don't want, I just want raw nuts. (laughs) Like raw almonds is yeah. impossible to oh, yeah. find. And they don't let you bring things up through. No. Well, you have to be very careful, you know, what you can and can't bring through security. And so, how it's packaged. Yeah, how it's packaged and the size of it and everything. So it just makes it a challenge, you know. And then, you know, I remember, um, and I'll leave the audience with this. I was traveling in Ohio and I pulled into a rest stop. And there was a Panera Bread and there was a Burger King. And nothing against Burger King, but it's probably not the most nutritious. Um, If I had my choices, I'd probably go to Panera and get a grilled chicken salad versus, you know, a a hamburger and a large order of fries. But there was a family. It really struck me. And this is kind of uh, out in the northern, um, western tip of Ohio. And there was a family there of like six. And I looked up at the Burger King menu and, you know, they had like, you know, you could feed – a family of six, probably for like 15 bucks. 
you go into Panera, you know, and a salad is like $5, which is still reasonably inexpensive, but you can't feed a family of six, you know, for less than probably $40, $50 at Panera. So I think that's the hard thing I think here in the United States is like you really have to do some work, you know, go to a farmer's market and get a good deal where you get fresh vegetables, you get, you know, vegetables that may be organic or that are, you know, not necessarily like sprayed with a ton of pesticides. Right. But not everyone has access to that. That's the other problem I think is I, access to that kind of stuff. I actually okay. saw a documentary and some people were saying that for them, they they were at that point where the dollar menu uh, and it, it's, it's just salt. It's sad. Yeah, it's yeah. sodium yeah, and sugar. What are you going to yeah. do, you know? Yeah. yeah I mean, I think tough. someone was saying... But even maybe, though people with pancreatic cancer didn't live on the dollar menu, so it's kind of weird no. to figure out where, you know, where their salt and sugar came from. Yeah. Well, somewhere. Yep. But I, I think, you know, if we look at the whole country as a whole and we have this epidemic, right, which is probably another episode of our podcast of, <laughs> yeah. the, of you know, the, the epidemic that's happening here in the United States, mm-hmm. it's just really fascinating. I just want to leave on um, yeah. the fact that epigenetics, so you can change your genes. You may have a predisposition to something in the family, whether it's blood pressure, cholesterol, whatever, but you can do a lot with diet and exercise. Oh, yeah. But then again, as we said, sometimes there are things out of our control and we can't really, you don't want to blame ourselves or have other put, people put the blame on people. But there's there's just so much we can do within our lifetime. And, oh, yeah. and that's that's really powerful. Absolutely. So I've got a question for both of you guys. Given that you guys have gone through what we call pancreatic cancer and for our audience at home listening what are some things or one thing um, for both of you guys to answer this question that people who are listening at home that probably have a loved one that was just recently diagnosed or has been diagnosed some of the things they should do my thought would be kind be kind to yourself and take care of yourself and one of the rules that I think I probably shared this with you and I got some myself is put your oxygen mask on yourself first because you can't take care of anybody unless you take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. It was so easy to fall into the pity me, and then you just can't help anybody. So I needed to take – so I did go to work every day, and I did maintain a workout schedule so that I can be strong enough to take care of him. I think someone told me something uh, early on when my dad was diagnosed was uh, those who care for the chronically ill become chronically ill themselves. Right. And that's a trap I think that everyone falls into at some point. But I think you're right on, Sherry, and that's great advice. I was my second part of the question was like, <laughs> what do you do? Um, and I think that's truly important because if your loved one is battling your mom, your spouse, your child, you're no good to them if you're sick, right? Or if you can't maintain that, you know. So that's that's really and take help stuff. where help is given, because I told you that too. So mm-hmm. you don't know who's going to be there to help you. You yeah. know, you just don't know. And comes out of the woodwork, and the, and you just don't know where to expect. But they help you take it and be kind, and be grateful. Stephanie, open communication. I mean, my mom and I, we were just so honest with each other, and especially knowing her wishes, being okay with it. Um, I'm a naturopath, but I also believe that you can work with a Western. Um, medical model as well, you know, medication and the natural remedies. 
And the biggest thing for her was me being okay with her decision. So I basically said, as long as you do something, you know, whether it's chemo or the natural remedies, but really respecting what she wanted and getting the fact that for her it was about quality of life. We talked about how we wanted things to go. Luckily, we we had that time together. And one of the things we did, so with Seinfeld, there was an episode with Elaine. Mm -hmm. She dances crazy. Neither of my mom are good dancers to begin with. <laughs> so we said, okay, let's put the music on and dance like Elaine every night. Let's let's celebrate the time that she has here. And and that was really key. But being honest and open is really, I mean, everyone thought she, she just died very gracefully. She was very mm -hmm. accepting. And and that, that was a huge part of it. I think that's pretty powerful, though. I mean, both of you guys had great uh, bits of advice. Right. And I think, um, you know, the honesty is important because I think that's, um, you know, and honest with yourselves as well as with your loved ones around mm -hmm. you because so many people suffer. And I always tell people, you know, at the very end, like, hey, you know, tell the loved one it's okay to go. You know, you, you know, and, yeah. and but I think though, if you have that honesty, and there's no right or wrong right. on this, right? I mean, that's a very difficult, and it's easy for me to say this hindsight being, you know, 2020 and right. seven years from when my dad passed, you know, but having that honesty with yourself right. and then with that loved one to know that it's okay. Like, we're, we all die, right? Like, this is a reality. Unfortunately, for this disease, you know, we don't get to choose that. Right. Um, but we all do die. Mm -hmm. That's a reality for mm -hmm. everyone. But I think having that honesty and having that with loved ones, and I, I always hear about that, like, oh, tell them that, you know, it's okay to go. It's okay to go. But if you have that honest, open relationship, then mm -hmm. that's not really an issue, right? right. Yeah. So it's, that's pretty powerful stuff. What are some things um, that families can do while they're battling that you found, both of you guys, that was really helpful and we'll start with Stephanie. Reaching out. I mean, it is unbelievable how many people I found out that I know that have lost a loved one to pancreatic cancer. I mean, I think it's supposed to be number two by 2020. Are you serious? 16 months. It'll be there. I probably know about eight or nine people. Me too. Yeah. I mean, you, well, I don't know if you knew, but about her uncle. Yeah. My aunt's here right now. But um, my son got married last year, and two weeks after the wedding, he died of pancreatic cancer. Mm. It was at the wedding feeling great, looked the best he's ever looked, had a little bit of indigestion, and then he went for some tests. And when I heard the, like, what the tests were, it's like, ding, 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 I know what the result's going to be. You know, the bile and this and yeah. that. And he had no, nothing. Just indigestion. Wow. Two weeks later. I don't know if that's a blessing or a curse, you know, knowing, and I don't mean that in any disrespect, oh, right. yeah. but, you know, like, you have people that pass away at night and go peacefully and go very quickly versus families that suffer, mm -hmm. you know. So once that. they do all the tests and they brought them to, like, a very high-end hospital and they did all the tests, his daughter is a physician, so she came in and said to him, this is the way it is, you know, we can do this or this, and he picked, he just wants you to go without doing all these heroic things. Yeah. But they did. They 
gave him an iPod with all the nice music and all the family came in and it was a nice passing, but that was like it's tragic. Totally unexpected. Well, I, I think Stephanie, I just made a note, like don't be a stranger and I think that's something that you know, I think with this disease, sometimes people feel that they are alone. But for those listening at home, you're not alone. Right. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people, there's a lot of groups, not only us, but there's other groups here, you know, in the United States and globally um, that are at this. So wherever they feel comfortable, try to reach out and share that. And there are people, families, you guys are evidence of that, <laughs> that are willing to share and to help and connect. And that's pretty special, you know, um, with you guys um, being able to comfort each other. Mm-hmm. Um I, not to get spiritual, but I think there is, uh, you know, God puts us in people in, in our lives at certain times, and sometimes there is a reason why certain things happen. Not to say that it's right, right. or that it's going to be easy, but I think that's pretty powerful to lean on uh, each other during those times. Because no one wants to fight alone, I think, and that's like the hardest thing. Oh, absolutely. How would you guys define pancreatic cancer? Isn't it awful? there's just no I can't think of anything good to say about it it's just it's awful I just felt that um, no one beats it it's just a matter of time it may be a little bit longer time but it's just time yeah deadly just very difficult to beat and that's why my mom knew the most important thing was, was quality of life and, you know, being age 82. Jeff 62. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a huge difference. But there's no there's no yeah. um, age on that. It seems like people I'm meeting all over have pancreatic cancer. And it's not, at first I thought it was just guys. Then it seems to be like a run of women. Yeah. It's just, it's and now a friend who has a 50-year-old friend. Okay. And I know, like, people in their 40s. We just lost someone over the weekend, and she was... In her forties, yeah, wow. fairly young, three young kids. Yeah, it's um, it's tough. It's you know, it doesn't discriminate. Um, I mean, statistically, you, the percentages are so close, but it's male over female. But it's like you know, by tenths of a percent. And then mm-hmm. if you look at an ethnic background, um, you know, African Americans, believe it or not, get it a little yeah. bit more than um, Caucasians. Um, but again, the percentages are fairly close on that. I mean, it does not discriminate. I think the one thing. You know, with the disease that has happened over the last, you know, for us over the last eight years is I I do get the sense that there is a heightened awareness from a variety of angles. And I think it's one of those things, and I think we mentioned this before, like, hey, when you're in it, you start to realize all these other people are touched by it. So before, like, you know, really no much heard about of it. it. Yeah, it's never heard of it. I, you know, like, it's like Pavarotti, it's like, yeah, it's you know, out there, but it's Patrick not, Swayze. It's, it comes to mind. You know, Steve Jobs, naturally. And then um, Michael Landon, you know, was probably mm-hmm. the one that I always remember, you know, Little House on the Prairie. That's right. my generation from growing up watching that show. Um on reruns, not not the original, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> the original for me. <laughs> but so, um, you know that uh, now though that you're in it, you know it's like we've helped families that had two boys that were eight and ten. You know those are very rare cases, you know. But it you know it seems it does 
it runs the gamut of ages and sexes and you know ethnic groups it does not discriminate and that's the one i think that's like the one frustrating thing you know i know what certain diseases i.e. breast cancer you know it's predominantly women there are right. men that get it's it few, but you know, but yeah. the higher percentage is women, you know, and, you know, other cancers that are, you know, uh, gender specific, which I think are a little bit easier maybe to kind of like pinpoint and like kind of do more with, I think, you know, we're here, it's just such a broad swath of the population. So, uh, so yeah, it, I think when, you know, you're not in it, you don't really see it that much. And then when you're in it, you see it all the time, oh, yeah. all the time. And then you hear about it more often. Right. And maybe that's just your tune. Yeah. You're more in tune with it. So just to shift gears here, uh, because Stephanie's doing uh, something really special for Project Purple here, and it kind of ties back into your mom. And so, Stephanie, why don't you share with our audience listening at home um, what you've got going on. You're trying to help us raise some funds that are needed for our patient aid and research, and this is just something really special when we found out about it through – so it's kind of crazy how this all comes full circle, Sharon. (laughs) You know, we helped you and your husband, Jeff, years ago – Stephanie and you guys connect, so you become aware of, she becomes aware of pancreatic cancer and possibly Project Purple, and then Bill Purcell, who runs the Valley Chamber, Uh which Stephanie has her business and is a member of the Valley Chamber as well as we are, um, connects with Bill and the whole Project Purple, you know, it's like this triad or this What a great networking. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) unfortunately, right? Like, fortunately, but unfortunately, you know, and Stephanie's doing this great fundraiser for us, so share with our audience at home, and I think this is really special. It's a great way to honor your mom, and Mm. I'm sure you find a lot of comfort in that. Oh, yeah. So basically, at the young age of 80... My mom started making stretch bracelets for friends and family, and then she decided to make a little business of it. And right now, I think... Is this the Brooklyn Beater? The Brooklyn Beatery. (laughs) I'm left with probably well over 100 bracelets. I took a lot of pictures of those beads. I know. I remember. (laughs) You helped get them on Etsy. And tons and tons of beads. So basically, I've raised seven hundred dollars. Wow! With people purchasing her bracelets, and in November I plan on doing a beating for pancreatic cancer event where people can either purchase the bracelets or they can make their own, which is really cool because it's kind of like very stress relieving and meditating. And too many purple beads. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's just so wonderful, and you know to do that. I mean, she would be so proud. <laughs> She's probably looking down, being like, "Yay, okay." <laughs> so at eighty, your mom became an entrepreneur. Yeah, and that's just so fascinating to me. One because you're never too old to think that you can't do something like that, like become an entrepreneur, which is just so wild. The thing that I always talk about, too, at age 81, we were still playing tennis, and then then she was diagnosed. I mean, and and just talking to Sherry, just talking to a lot of people, and that's the way a lot of times it happens, where it's just so, so out of the blue, so unexpected. But I just like being able to give back. And I love your organization. Love Project Purple. Love what you're doing. And 
So it's really not just me giving back, but actually my mom. Which is <laughs> she really and she makes it with bracelets, and she says, you can take one. That one's my favorite. So, no, this one takes it. Uh, she had her favorite bracelet. And she <laughs> named every single oh, one that's of them. so awesome. It was actually, it was funny because on Etsy we got... Because uh, I photographed it for her. And yeah. She was like, no, 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 do this. We got a, a cease and desist about a certain bracelet. <laughs> My oh, mom really? loved breakfast at Tiffany's, so she uh, named her bracelet breakfast at Tiffany's, and I guess Tiffany's found out. <laughs> and uh, she was told to take that bracelet take off. off. <laughs> this little, of this 80-year-old yeah. entrepreneur. <laughs> Well, Tiffany probably has a, a slew of attorneys. That that's probably all they do every day to protect their brand. It. Yeah, that's pretty cool that they found it. So call it Breakfast in Shelton, I guess, instead of Breakfast at Tiffany's. You know? Breakfast at Project Purple. Yeah, yeah, there you go. We'll let you trademark that. Okay. Well, um, that's pretty special. And so for our folks listening at home, because we want to give them an opportunity if they are interested in, in getting some beads <laughs> or coming to the event. How can they find more information about that, Stephanie? Okay. Um, my website is drstephaniesowalt.com. So Wait, it's still that. Yeah. Going to D R S T E P H A N I E S O A L T dot com. Or even easier, I'm part of the Absolutely Healthy Living Center in Shelton. So, ahlctr.com. Oh, slower. Go slower. <laughs> yeah, run to repeat that again for our okay. audience. Ahlctr.com. That's less of a mouthful to say. Awesome. Awesome. Well, so for our listeners at home, I know you said you were going to do something special in the fall. So if there are people in the Connecticut area and Fairfield County, New Haven County area that want to learn more about what you're doing from a practice standpoint, you can reach out to Stephanie there. And then also for those people who are in that same area that want to purchase some beads or get involved in the event that you're having in the fall, um, we'll probably have some sort of promotion or create some sort of event possibly on our Facebook page um, to help Stephanie out. Um, but also you can go to that website and reach out to Stephanie. Great. Well, thank you guys uh, for coming in today. This has been, uh, I was really surprised. <laughs> uh, you had, it, Stephanie, you had messaged me earlier and said that <laughs> Sherry was coming in, but uh, it's kind of surreal, Sherry, like <laughs> talking it through. Like, you know, I mean, um, it's crazy. It's crazy how... Um, this is right after your father died and yeah. he had just started it. Yeah, so five years. I, I can't believe it's been five years. So he, he had, a, had um, been diagnosed like almost seven years ago because he had it yeah. for a year and a half. So it was, it was like great. Wow. Yeah, that was right around the same time. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty pretty trippy, I guess I will say, to have you here in the podcast studio um, with Stephanie. And I know when Stephanie and I met the first time, she mentioned the connection. And you thought, I was surprised I was you like, remembered it. No, I remember it. No, <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Unfortunately. <laughs> I, unfortunately, you know, I remember all of them, you know, um, and, you know, being friends with Jeff on, um, you know, on Facebook and then Jamie as well. And, you know, I think Jamie had posted something, your son, Jamie, mm -hmm. your oldest son, Jamie, recently, you know, about, um, you know, Jeff's passing, which right. when you said it was around Father's Day, I remember, because I think there was something just a, a couple weeks ago right. that he posted. So just really, uh, really surreal to have you on the podcast <laughs> today. So uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. 
thanks, Stephanie, for your time. And uh, that's a wrap, guys. Appreciate your time and energy. And hopefully our audience at home uh, takes away something special from what you guys shared today with us. So appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.